Welcome back to the TD Ameritrade Network. Let's talk some overlooked stocks. George Tillis has got the movers that you missed in today's action. George, let's start with Doximity, D-O-C-S. I don't think this has been on Overlook before. Could be wrong. It sounds familiar, George. Tell us about it. Uh, we talked about a company called Amdoc. So uh, it's okay. a different company. We have not talked about Docs. We doxed yet. someone. So this is uh, an interesting. Yeah, we've talked Docs somewhere. But uh, look, Doximity is uh, it's a recent IPO in June. Interesting company. Uh, it's actually a disruptor company. I'll explain that in just a sec. But it's a healthcare information services industry group. It's basically a digital platform that is used by US-based medical professionals. And it's cloud-based uh, that provides uh, medical practitioners with collaborative tools that essentially allow them to uh, collaborate with their colleagues. In other words, it's more of a, uh, a peer-to-peer medical professional uh, uh, platform, but it also allows them to coordinate securely you know, patient care. They also provide virtual care services. So it's a doctor-to-patient kind of platform, sort of a teledoc-like uh, platform. But the other thing is it's also more in line with uh, sort of a LinkedIn uh, where uh, doctors and medical professionals can, of course, uh, uh, look for career advancement opportunities, but also to collaborate on news and academic research and medical research. So it's actually kind of a, a, niche, uh, 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 a niche platform that, again, connects the doctors with patients. Mostly it's for doctors to doctors, but also newsfeed education as well as, as, well as career advancement. So, George, uh, how come it's had this uh, pullback here over the last month? It sounds it seems like everything was going well basically since yeah. the debut up until very recently. Yeah, so like I said, it's a good question as, as always, OJ. But the thing is, it's a recent IPO in June. And look at the time period we're in right now. And, and generally speaking, now it's not always the case, but I would say 90% plus uh, percent of the time, First six months are always kind of iffy when it comes to new IPOs, especially with lockup periods. We also have, of course, uh, movement into Q4. I'm sure there's an additional 90 day or six, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 180, uh, uh, 180 day lockup periods, which are probably gonna expire. So I think it's gonna be a little bit diluted for the shares, which actually have done extremely well uh, this year, considering, of course, uh, a lot of the other uh, stocks that are in the, uh, the Teladocs particularly that are in the uh, medical technology space or medical information space have not performed all that well. I mean, Teladoc, I think, is down about 20 or 30% this year, uh, and Doximity is higher, of course, beating them over the last three uh, three months or so. But there is an interesting thing about this. It's all about value proposition to OJ and profitability. And I think that's where it stands out because, one, it's all designed to increase uh, productivity from the doctor to patient standpoint, but also from the peer-to-peer -peer standpoint. Provide better patient care is the outcome, of course. Uh, information asymmetry, that's a huge problem in the medical industry. In other words, hmm. a lot of information that's lost. Uh, as a patient myself, having gone to the doctor OG, I feel like they just don't have the information on me. So I'm not saying, again, for everybody to share medical information, but a place that's centralized that essentially can help um, you know, reduce the information asymmetries for better patient care, I think is, is very helpful. Ah. Uh, also, of course, uh, transferring patient data. That is uh, still very cumbersome, it's slow, and there's also susceptibility to, uh, to breaches of data. But if you look at Doximity, overall, pretty impressive from a financial standpoint as well. I mean, they- Yes. Uh, George, we had the CFO on the show. I knew it sounded familiar, that's oh, okay. why, yes. All right. Well, 
Well, he'll probably tell you these these facts too. About eighty percent of yes. positions are already on the platform. Ninety percent of new grads are actually signing up for it. One hundred fifty three percent net revenue retention rate. What does that mean? Over one hundred percent. That means they're generating the company now uh, more revenue on a per user basis from subscriptions, but also advertising. Uh, Sixty three million telehealth visits, and also they basically have top twenty healthcare providers, pharmaceutical companies. Uh, as well as hospitals as part of the collaborative partner. All right, nice, George. Uh, good one to put back on our radar. Thank you for bringing that to us. I got a kid. Also, it gets mixed up. We got a lot of we got a lot of people coming through, George. And there's been a lot of SPACs and new companies. Hundreds. All right, GT. Let's yeah. keep it going here. You got a couple others for us. By the way, I think it's a super interesting trade to watch. It seems like a very compelling business to be it's, in. It's, I was telling yesterday our viewers how I think the healthcare trade is like the best underpriced reopening trade that there is. So I like the stock. All right, next one, AMTX, George. Big bounce back the last two months. What's going on? Yeah, so Ametis is uh, basically an international and renewable fuels company, and they basically are designed to replace traditional uh, fuels like gasoline, uh, diesel, and of course, jet fuel uh, through biodiesels and ethanols. And again, these are complementary fuels. are not replacing, uh, of course, uh, traditional hydrocarbon fuels. But we know that ethanol is a blended mandate by uh, by the uh, the U.S. government. So that's basically what uh, Emetis is basically in: biofuels, biodiesels, ethanols. But as a byproduct of them uh, refining biofuels, they actually sell feedstock to uh, to, uh, to to livestock farmers for poultry, cattle, and so forth. So. Today, uh, there was a catalyst for the company, and I think the last couple of months, there has been a catalyst for the industry group, and, and this is a company that's participated. I think it has to do with a lot of sustainable um, you know, fuel mandates. There's a sustainable aviation fuel mandate that's part of a lot of this fiscal stimulus that was recently uh, put out. Uh, it's all you know, somewhere in the thousands of pages of, uh, of that stimulus package that was passed. The, uh, the company also recently secured a contract with Delta, and I think this is also huh. very creative for both companies because it also includes uh, tax incentive credits as part of the deal. And uh, this is essentially a billion dollar deal for, for, uh, for the company, uh, Ametis, which is over 10 years, so about $100 million a year, in total about 250 million gallons of, uh, of sustainable aviation fuel under that particular uh, tax credit. So. Looking at the top line sales OJ last year for uh, for the four quarters, 176 million. So if we say 100 million dollars a year over the next 10 years, that's about 60 percent of last year's sales, and that explains why the stock was higher today. All right, uh, so it's got a nice uh, bounce back. I mean, a lot of these businesses that uh, crashed in April and uh, dropped with all the yeah. speculative unwind, some of them have been making inroads back to previous levels, notably Tesla, but uh, this one also is looking pretty impressive uh, because there's been some separation of wheat from chaff here uh, in this particular part of the market, uh, yeah. for sure. In your yeah, you are also, just quickly, OJ, I know mm -hmm. we're running along, but but just quickly, you are going to get a little bit of a boost in price of these stocks. These are, again, ethanol stocks. Green Plains Energy is another one. Rex uh, is another one because of, of, of gasoline. So ethanol prices are going to be closely correlated to gasoline prices. And we know gas prices, natural gas prices, and so forth have been higher. Okay, all right. So let's try to catch up to the others. Hey, George, real quick. Got about 45 seconds. PTVE is your last one and making like a survival dash uh, bounce here to uh, not totally implode. What's yeah. up? 
Yeah, so this is another new IPO, September of 2020. It's essentially a company that uh, produces packages and containers for uh, food services and consumer brand packaging uh, companies from wholesale, grocery, supermarket, retail eateries, food processors, beverage manufacturers. It did receive an upgrade today uh, from uh, BMO Capital, from uh, from a market perform to an outperform, $16 price target. They've got about a dollar higher than the consensus around 15. A couple of things to note, the stock was down uh, a few weeks ago after they adjusted their EBITDA margins for the full year down because of higher material costs and raw materials. But at the same time, they did acquire a competitor for about $380 million. So I think this is uh, a couple of things. One, they are already uh, came clean in terms of lowering, reduced, or reducing their expectations for EBITDA for the court for the year. But also the acquisition improves their scalability. And I think ah. this is why BMO is on on the case, but the company uh, essentially did lose money last year, about $131 million on about $4.5 billion in revenue. So it's not small potatoes company, it's generating about $4.5 billion in sales, but for the full year, sure, it, was, yeah. uh, it did generate a loss. Okay, well apparently the upgrade here from the analysts is uh, put a lot of optimism back in after the stock got creamed. So uh, yeah. good for you to put it on our radar. Thank you, George Tills. We got a